Can you hear hello, me? Hello. Yes, oh my god, I can hear you. you. Yes, Wait, you... okay. Whoa, okay. Whoa, yeah. yeah, okay, we just... cool. Should we just go from here? Yeah, or? I think we should just go, to be honest. Okay, well then, I think we should start by saying welcome back to the Common Ground podcast, everyone. This episode is being recorded on Saturday, the 21st of March, 2020. Yes, and a lot uh, of things have happened since our last podcast. I mean, l- listening back to what you were saying, oh my god, literally <laughs> only last week has made me realise just how ignorant we were. It's actually oh difficult my... to listen to. It's because... oh, it's one. It's like oh yeah, yeah. Because it's we were saying how it's not the coronavirus has killed. Like, it's not that big week, you. Yeah, last week we were saying it's killed like eight people, and now. We have to record remotely because we are not in school anymore because school has been closed for 12 weeks and we're all isolating. And oh my, then the space yes. of a week. Along that quick train of thought, let's give a quick um, note housekeeping, I guess. Um, yes. Saying apologies in advance if sound quality, etc. aren't that great. Um, yeah. We are recording remotely. We might end up talking over each other a couple of times because we have no means of seeing each other um so that's a bit of a difficulty for this episode also um apologies for any weird background noises you might have like you might you guys might hear because also to you miranda because we're in our homes and so we yeah. can't really people are doing around us so if you hear yeah. the neighbor's kids crying it's not me all right <laughs> like, <it's> not- <laughs> um, but yeah i think in times of chaos we should have a little bit of structure so yeah, i agree yeah this episode i was thinking maybe we could take it in turns just to explain in the past week and obviously because today being our first day of isolation what we're experiencing obviously because we're in two different places geographically as well that would help and then i was thinking maybe just because this episode i I think as it happens is probably going to be very much about the covid19 pandemic um maybe we could try and take a look at other people like i guess stakeholders like we used to in like geography gcse (laughs) (laughs) talk about who might in that sense and see where it takes us um can i just say though as like a i guess a creative thingy i don't know where i'm coming from this i know it's really important to document what's happening now because it's very like prevalent but i don't think we should let it take over all future podcasts i think we should maybe do you agree with me on that or am i being a bit no 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 i definitely agree i think we started this podcast with the intention of it being about discussion and talking about kind of thematic ideas or current affairs and I don't think that should change just because our circumstances have changed obviously Mm. we won't as we'd hope to do a kind of a big group podcast on big issues we'd have to kind of limit how many people we have on I think but I would really like to have something to take my mind off the fact that I'm stuck at home for three months and honestly would be a really good way to do that so I definitely agree we can just bring up sort of debating topics or anything anything we've like read any tv shows we've watched and just trying to <laughs> keep this podcast as we originally hoped it to be oh there's going to be a lot of tv shows watched yeah, um i'm also going to apologize because i feel like i'm being quite loud i've got weird headphones you know like those big chunky gamer ones on where it like completely oh, yeah. blocks down so i feel like i'm shouting a bit so <laughs> yikes hold on let me move the mic further away from me so if i am it's less of a big deal I don't know if that made any difference, but how how are you, Miranda? That's what I want to know. You've no idea how much a relief it was to hear your voice. I was like, oh my god. Same, same. <laughs> I, I'm coping. I think it was a real shock just because of how fast it was. I mean, on mm. Tuesday, I was thinking about, you know, stuff I was going to do at school the next week. And then suddenly yeah. on Wednesday, we heard the news that there will, no, there will be no next week. And that was really hard for me just because I had this idea of what, year 12 would be like and I really wanted Mm. to kind of see that through have that sort of relaxing summer obviously it didn't hit us as hard as it hit the year 11s and year 13s who have been working so hard for this moment um but it was still really difficult and also to say goodbye to my friends obviously Mm. who were there as well who we're not going to be able to be in contact with for a very long time um and I'm just kind of scared of the boredom really I've tried to keep myself busy today I'm trying to pick up new hobbies like I'm starting to learn the bass guitar and I've been doing a lot of home workouts and things. But mm. I'm just terrified for the future, really, because I'm I'm a procrastinator and I don't like being bored. And I think I'm going to have to <laughs> really... I know it sounds silly. And I know this is a very first world problem. And I know I'm extremely privileged to live in a, a big house with, you know, a nice garden and a, a family who have 
in a, who are in a stable financial position and things like that mm. but it's still kind of I don't know how I'm going to feel in a month's time yeah I feel like a lot of what we're saying today we should preface it all with we are aware that at times we might sound a bit entitled and a lot oh, of it will be like ugh, first yeah. world problems but I don't yeah. think there's any shame in that because the whole point of this is just share what your unique experiences like who knows a yeah. hundred years from now in the GCSE history lesson they could be like um evaluate the common ground podcast as a reliable <laughs> source during the COVID-19 <laughs> I'd love for us to have that sort of legacy. Oh my god, imagine. Do you know how many people have been, like, it's funny because amidst all the crisis, you, and it is important that, uh, obviously later on in the podcast, we're going to highlight some of the um, main issues with it, but it is funny that in times of crisis, people are hilarious. Like, oh, yeah, someone was saying to me, oh, I want to do something crazy just to get my name remembered in history, and I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Like, the weird stuff, people are like, oh my god, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be remembered forever, but mm. what I also wanted to know, I obviously, I don't know how comfortable with you are, like, giving away your generic location, but um, in your area, because obviously I'm on the out- outskirts of West London, so I'm, like, on the border of the M25, um, yeah. Yeah. it's obviously going to be, I guess, different to what it's like in London, so I'm curious, have you seen any, like, changes in your area or what it's like there or have you literally just been stuck in your house so I mean I went out today um to get some food and it was much quieter uh but mm. I did see um a group of teenagers walking together clearly not adhering to the guidelines and that just made me so <laughs> angry because I think obviously you want to go out now but if we don't slow the spread then you may have to stay inside for much longer I just think it's, it is worth the sacrifice um, yeah and I also saw, this made me, oh, this is kind of a little bit what we were talking about in the first episode. I saw him, I was sitting with my dog waiting for my mum to go and get some groceries. Oh my god, and, Winnie. Yeah. yeah. And I, <laughs> I love her. Across, I saw across the road um, an elderly couple and they were standing in um, the middle of the pavement. And then a group of um, people, I, I don't know whether they were friends or a family, and they were clearly Asian of some sort. I would assume Chinese, but I, I couldn't really see. And yeah. they were walking and one of them was wearing a face mask and they walked past the elderly couple and the elderly couple kind of stood away and obviously you know that is kind of we're meant to be social distancing so I didn't really you know think much of it especially as they're quite vulnerable but then afterwards mm. you know the man looked so disgusted and he was oh and I don't yeah. know whether he, I don't know whether it was because they were just out in a group but they could have been a family I really didn't know um or whether mm. it was it was a sort of xenophobic yeah it's one of those things where unless you hear and even sometimes when you do hear something it's very difficult to you don't want to label people as racist in the same way you don't want to label them as anything else and so but yeah there is a lot of that going around so in your area I guess the main thing is just it's just quieter is what I'm Mm -hmm. taking away from it yeah okay there's not too much power or anything it's weird um seeing the change especially this week like literally as we were talking about it last week on the podcast it was so normal like in my area and then on monday morning so literally over the course of a weekend i think that's when people began to stockpile i had to go to a supermarket i'm not going to give the name because hashtag not spawn but um, <laughs> um i had to go there in the morning um, and buy a usb stick for my EPQ, which is a whole other story in itself. But oh God, anyway, yeah. and it, so it's early in the morning. I'm like, I've woken up. Like It's like, at this point, it was before eight. So it had been like maybe 10 past seven. The supermarket was packed because people were buying toilet roll. And I was there like, okay, well, first of all, can't get my USB stick. Thanks, guys. But yeah. second of all, it's re- like it was I, I laughed to myself. But then I was like, look at these crazy people. Like, what are they doing? They're taking it all so seriously. And then we go on to, like you were saying, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it's just this. Okay, so the first thing was being at school on Wednesday because they closed it for year sevens to 10. And so it was so empty and eerie. Like, that's the one word that comes to mind. And I was speaking to one of the year 13s and she was telling me, it's like, it feels like we're about to go to war, but like on a virus. Because no, there's yeah, just. Definitely this feeling in the air and you can't quite place it but it's it's there's okay i'd say the main thing is just confusion 
very few people know what's actually going on. And there's all these rumours about the government hiding cases and saying fewer people have died than there actually has been. And so then that adds to it. And amidst the confusion, there's just this underlying just sense of just fear. Like, I'd be yeah. lying to you right now if I sat here and said, I'm not, like, I'm not worried for myself. I'm just worried full stop, you know? It's yeah, just this feeling right. of... And so then being in London, we also had these extra rumours about there being this idea of lockdown. And I was like, oh, that probably won't really happen too soon. But then apparently um, there's been, like, military spotted in High Wycombe. And so I'm like, okay, well, guess it has happened now. Um, and the main thing is just going outside so obviously it's completely empty like there are trains that were once full of people you couldn't get to see that are deserted and anyone you do see just looks at you with the same look in their eyes of i'm terrified we shouldn't be doing this yeah and so it's it's so surreal like i i this doesn't feel real like what we're living through right now and so then it's just it feels like it's hit hit home a bit more where i'm like i don't know what's going on but then at the same time i'm like if everyone, like you were saying, if everyone just did what they were told, stayed inside, then this could maybe be over quite quickly. But, mm. I just know some people who just won't listen to the government guidelines and who think that they're invincible or who think that they're not going to affect other people. I feel like it's that typical, like, analogy that people use when they talk about voting. Whereas I do, loads of people say, oh, one vote doesn't matter. And then an election is lost one by one vote. Yeah. And so in the same sort of vein of thought, it's these, like that group of teenagers you saw, it was them saying, we're just like five people, I don't know how many of them, but however many people were there, it's like, we're just this many people, we're going to be fine if we get it, we won't spread it to anyone, that won't happen. That, do you think that one guy who ate the bat in the first place thought that he was going to cause a worldwide pandemic? Like, not, no. No, not at all. And so... If he did that and that had a ripple effect across the whole world, that one person's action, those that group of teenagers have no idea what they could have done. Like it's it's and it's usually when people say things like that, I kind of sigh to myself and think, Oh my god, they're being unnecessarily hyperbolic. But I'm when I'm saying this now, I'm thinking to myself, it's almost like a perfectly reasonable chain of thought to understand how like the ripple effect and the wider implications of something as small as going out with your friends when you're meant to be self-isolating yeah and i I think it really shows how this is definitely a global issue and it's the whole of humanity's issue and we all we're all in the same Mm -hmm. boat and we because we're all in the same boat if we don't act as sort of one body and we don't put all our effort into fighting this thing then it's just going to go on forever um and just backtracking to what you said before about the guy eating the bat is that Mm. is, is that proven the, so that's the cause of it all, th- all stories that i have heard um and i think in the earlier article certainly I, I there haven't really been many recently about what caused it it's more so been about reporting numbers and changes in system and stuff yeah. but it was the idea that there was a food market in wuhan in china where they were known for selling a lot of illegal produce i guess or like contraband and one person bought food or either okay either a person bought food from there which was a bat they ate it they got ill or a person who ate a bat prior to then came to that food market and spread it i i I feel bad because i know we're saying stuff and i can't say it as fact but that's it's one or the other is what i've heard but they hold on let's actually do a little bit of because i've got my ipad with me here so i'll quickly google that but in the meantime if we had to sort of divide this into groups of people affected outside of like age boundaries, I guess, Mm -hmm. I feel like the thing that we could best comment on is what our situation is as school students right now and how it directly affects our lives. Yeah. But also on like, there's obviously groups of people such as like the healthcare workers who, or the people who are actually losing their jobs, the politicians, the people who are ill and the people who are, have lost or will lose loved ones. It's and it's strange because then each time you think of a new type of person who's affected by it, there's a whole other per, like group of people, mm. and it's weird because you it's in situations like that when you start to spiral, you realise um, just how global this issue is. Yeah, it's really. But yeah, and then another thing I was thinking of is how bizarre it like it is in that today I was like 
sorting out one of my piercings and I was like, oh, it's so annoying. It's not healed yet. This was like, this is how dare this piercing mess up my ear. And then I was like, hang on a second. Outside of these four walls of my house or even of my bedroom, there is a pandemic going on. How am I? Like, it's like we're talking about this whole first world, world, like first world problems kind of thing where I'm like, why is my biggest concern right now like a piercing? Or like when I was washing my hands, I noticed they'd started to blister because of how much I'm washing them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's frustrating. And I was like, once again, like, remind yourself like of what's actually the bigger issue here. But right. yeah, it's really I think I think everybody's human and everyone's going to have those little issues. And honestly, I would much rather be worrying about blisters on my hands than about the global yeah. because realistically the stuff that's going on outside of our four walls is completely out of our control and to mm-hmm. re- like regain any sort of sanity we have to keep worrying about those stupid issues we have to keep living our lives I mean I know the other day back when we were still at school um one of my friends mm-hmm. said to me that oh she was having a bit of drama with another one of her friends and she was like oh it's so stupid you know there's a whole global pandemic going on and she's still worried about me saying this thing but obviously we'd love to be able to put our whole attention on the issues that are going on around us but that's just not realistic we're all human and at mm-hmm. the, end of, the end of the day we have to keep on living and we have to keep on focusing on those small things to kind of remind us of the normality of our lives if that makes sense mm. okay sorry to like yeah i think that's a great kind of sentiment but I have pulled up a Wired article, you know, wired.co.uk. And how did COVID-19 start? The paragraph reads as follows. The disease appears to have originated from a Wuhan seafood market where wild animals, including marmots, birds, rabbits, bats and snakes, are traded illegally. Coronaviruses are known to jump from animals to humans. So it's thought that the first people infected with the disease, a group primarily made up of storeholders from the seafood market, contracted it from contact with animals so it seems to be that somehow these animals got um yeah so coronavirus hold on sorry i completely lost my train of thought there but yeah it seems to be that these animals contracted it somehow um and then it just spread from them being traded and i guess when people actually ate those animals as well yeah but so i don't think it was just one because i i think i was saying the other day Imagine being that one person who started. I guess it wasn't one person. I no, guess it was like I a group of people. I think um, mm. we're getting that from a lot of memes and sort of short yeah. snippets, snippets of information that condense it into one person. Because let's be honest, it's funnier to imagine that one person has that sort of power. Yeah, just one but, guy showed up to work ill. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important just to always fact check these things. Um, mm. And in fact, you know, I heard that in, again, I don't know if this is from a credible source. I was sent by, it, I was sent it to me by someone. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, that, um, <laughs> that, that in South Africa, they've actually made it illegal to uh, spread fake news about the coronavirus. They've introduced a lot of laws about it. And one of them is actually spreading misinformation has become a crime. And I think that's really good. Because, I feel like that's such a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because misinformation can really affect the way a lot of people are going to react about this situation uh, and so it's really important to be kind of responsible with what we're saying and just to make sure that we don't state anything as fact if it's only speculation mm. one thing that's um i guess confused me slightly is so this article it says ah, here, um coronaviruses are known to jump from animals to humans and so that in so i thought this whole thing of coronavirus was just like a, a thing like that was the name of one thing but the way that that phrase coronavirus is it makes it sound as though it's a group of things right yeah and so i've just googled what is a coronavirus but it just says here covid19 is a new illness that can affect your lungs and airways it's called by a virus called coronavirus so now i'm confused is coronavirus like a species of virus where it's got well i don't know if species look like the correct technical term where it's got like and under it come falls like okay let me start again is coronavirus a strain of virus under which covid19 falls which is what we're all being affected by right now or is coronavirus just a unique one-of-a-kind thing which obviously is a type of virus 
and COVID-19 is the same thing as coronavirus is what I'm trying to ask like is COVID-19 because I feel like that's yeah so the NHS website is saying it's a new illness that can affect your lungs and airway so it gave the same definition um but see this okay our original plan right for this podcast this is leading me back around to a thought that i keep having this isn't to do with coronavirus specifically but our original thought was just to talk about a couple things and one of the things i wanted to raise was the quality of written communication used in articles or i guess written works about stem topics so like the whole science field and of which all these articles that we're getting about coronavirus falls under and i was going to say how often science and well-written work are kind of seen as things like a lot of time it seems like people don't really care about how well written their stuff is if it's about facts and science Mm. but in this situation they've just made something a plural by saying coronaviruses to make it seem like there's i know there's like there's the corona covid-19 itself has evolved so there are two different kinds of it i know that but they've made it seem as though coronaviruses are a pre-existing thing that existed for hundreds and thousands of years and only now have like oh just that's can you understand my confusion there with the phrasing of that yeah no i get you um i don't know whether that was a typo or whether there's maybe it was a typo Maybe there's a genuine scientific explanation to that that just nobody yeah, wants to elaborate on. History of coronavirus. Let's see. I'm going to get to the bottom of this because it's now, because history and recent advances. Because, oh, wait, hold on. It just said the history of human coronaviruses began in 1965. Oh. So I think a coronavirus. Hmm. No, so I was going to say that I think a coronavirus is the name given to a virus that can pass from animals to humans, but that's not correct because there's another term for that. So I think a coronavirus is a type of virus that seems to affect, um, like I guess, your breathing like f- function because it says it was found in human embryonic tracheal organ struck tracheal organ cultures obtained from the res- respiratory t- tract. Ugh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but yeah, so I I can't state this as fact, but it seems to be from the information I've got here uh, by the source is a journal written by Jeffrey Kahn, who is a doctor, and it's called The History and Recent Advances in Coronavirus Discovery. But I think what I've read from this is that it seems to be a virus that affects your like lungs and respiration and stuff. Okay. So, okay. oh, so I understand why that article pluralized it now, but that is yeah. weird because we've never heard of it before this year. I know, but I guess is if it hasn't really affected humans before yeah. or on such a big scale, then there's no need for us to hear about it. Really, there's only yeah, so much information so. we can handle, and I think something that's on a very very small scale um, is probably not mm. of much interest to people. Mm, that makes sense but then that leads me on to another thing where i was thinking about how quickly it came on because i remember in the christmas holidays in december um i was just thinking about it Uh, so i was obviously abroad and i was thinking wait if i was abroad isn't that bad because of the coronavirus and then i realized hang on a second it wasn't a thing just in december yeah right and this is like december in late December, early January, and we're on March at the moment. We're, we're three months into the year, so within a period of under three months, this um, virus has taken over. That's crazy. Like, that's so... Like, that's mind-blowing, honestly. It so really what... Is. Okay, what is a coronavirus? I'm going to go for the, through this again, because this is what I mean by... Oh, wait, coronaviruses are a type... So this is from John Hopkins Medicine. Um, it's an article written by Lauren M. Sauer. Sauer? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. 
Uh, coronavirus are a type of virus. There are many different kinds and some cause disease. A newly identified type has caused a recent outbreak of respiratory illnesses, now called COVID-19, that started in China. So COVID-19 is what's affecting all of us now. It is a type of coronavirus, which is a type of virus. So, there we go. So coronaviruses was not a typo, it was a correct explanation. Yes, apologies to whoever wrote that wide article. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I went off on one. But when we were talking about wanting to do, I guess, slightly different things, uh, like not always talk about coronavirus, yes. maybe next week we can have a conversation about people who take STEM subjects, assuming that English and quality of written communication doesn't matter when it does. Excuse me. Yeah, like It's such a gripe I have. Because whenever you want to read something to find out more, it's quite difficult to get through if they've not bothered using any similes or metaphors or mm. just just like well fluent well that's not even a word <laughs> not if they've not attempted to be fluent in their communication i think but what else, that's what else right. is, sorry oh carry on yeah i think um what else is important as well not just kind of good variety of words and good quality of written communication but i think um, if you're putting information out there that's scientific and is therefore going to be quite technical, you have to really know your audience. And I think often STEM journals can get a little bit too caught up in the technicalities of things. And mm. I don't know, just, maybe this is coming from the perspective of somebody who's not that interested, but I feel like some of these topics I would be, I would find interesting if they were written in a way that would appeal to somebody who doesn't know a lot about it. Because I think yeah. it's quite an elitist view to think just because you're an expert on something that everyone else is immediately going to be an expert to. And that limits kind of gaining knowledge if you don't know a lot about it already and if you're not already an expert. Mm. I think they lose sight of the fact that they assume only people like them are going to be reading their papers yeah. or whatever it may be. But then you don't notice that problem with other fields. So... <laughs> Do you remember our BFF Nancy Lind- Lindheim? I still don't know how to pronounce her surname. I feel really bad, but um, she's my go-to critic when we're right because I obviously we both do English Lit A level, and so we're studying Twelfth Night, and you have to mention critics. It's just for context. Mm. So she's like my go-to person. Her papers, I would say, are of like a high standard of like um, academia, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were university papers that she wrote. Yeah. And so if hers are accessible to someone who's 16 slash 17 and it's still well written, you're still getting the same information, like the same level of information and depth, yeah. but it doesn't feel as though it ostracizes you as a reader. How is that possible in one field, but other fields can't do it? Yeah. And it, I think the trick is really to try not to alienate your audience, um, to kind of mm. keep up a high level. Obviously, we don't want them to be writing like they're just in primary school children. I think it's a fine line between remaining professional and, as you said, having a good uh, quality of written communication, but just keeping in mind that if you're putting it on the internet, that anyone's going to try and access it. And I think there needs to be more things out there that are accessible to everyone. As I said, just to sort of be able to spread that knowledge. Mm. And then this kind of takes us back to, oh my goodness, um, sorry, I just saw, um, I'll explain this in a second, but this takes us back to what you were saying about um, uh, uh, misinformation being spread about the coronavirus or COVID-19. I feel like we should maybe refer to it as COVID-19 now that we know that that's like the specific yeah, all right. term to use. Yeah. I, I don't know, whatever feels comfortable, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. speaking of that, I was curious because I know that we're going into this episode i would say fairly unequipped in terms of um knowledge specific to the coronavirus and which is i guess embarrassing for me to say given that i want to be a medicine student so i really need to do my homework but um because we i would say i'd be comfortable talking about my perspective on it all and i assume you're comfortable talking about your perspective and i think we can make a lot of assumptions and piece together bits of information based upon what we've heard from various sources about what other people's experiences are like but in terms of actual statistics, I, I googled them. And so I'm on a website now called World Worldometer. Um, I don't know. I don't know how legitimate it is. But it seems to be saying that currently, and so talking about fake news, I don't know how legitimate this website is. But if we're going off of what it says, it says that 
there are currently 297,635 cases, of which there are 12,000 in the world. And it gives you the option to view by country as well, which we can do in a second. Um, It says that there have been 12,831 deaths, which is very unfortunate. It's just that's another thing I want to talk about is just how often we lose sight of the fact that real human beings who have led real lives are dying and how awful that is. But I guess in some slightly more positive news, there's been 94,625 reported cases of people having recovered slash been discharged. That is positive, yeah. Um, which leads to a total of 107,456 cases which have had an outcome of some sort, be it recovery or, you know. And then if you're allowing to carry on with active cases, so there are 190,179 infected patients, of which 181,038, so 95%, which is a good percentage, are in mild condition. And so, not to be presumptuous, but it does seem to be that they will get better, hopefully. Um, but there are 9,141 to 5% of serious or critical cr- cases. Um, and so, that's just like a quick update so we can gauge the scale of it. Um, and I was scrolling down. The reason why I said, oh, my God, because I realised my, my, my country that I'm of originally was. I, I wasn't born there. I was born in England, but Tunisia which is where my dad is from, also has like, okay, so what, this is this is like a table the website shows of saying the name of the country, the total cases, new cases like today or now, um, the total deaths, new deaths, the total recovered and like, etc. And so in the UK, it's saying that there are 4,094 total cases with 111 new cases. I think by new cases, it's talking about like currently. Um, Hold on, let me just get back to it quickly. Sorry, I just scrolled. Okay, yeah. It's also saying that there have been 233 total deaths with 56 new deaths. But there have been 65 recoveries. So the thing that's weird to me about this is if we're looking at the UK specifically, I know the general specific like statistics didn't really re- reflect this, but the difference between the people who have died from it and the people who have recovered it's it's nine like there are only nine more people that have recovered from this than have died Mm. and that's shocking especially considering we in the uk consider ourselves to be a developed country like it's so bizarre right now um i think that just shows how difficult this whole situation is going to be because we've never had anything like it before there's no precedent or anything to follow and i think that is why um as you said there's a very small difference between the number of people who are dying and the number of people who are recovering and it just makes it sort of lottery really but i do just want to touch on uh, kind of as you mentioned before you delve into those statistics that um i'm going to be honest when you were reading them out they sort of went over my head and it reminded me <laughs> it reminded me of um there's a quote and it's like one death is a tragedy a million deaths is a statistic and yeah i think is very very easy to get lost in the numbers and to get lost in mm. sort of the I don't want to say hype the I honestly yeah the, the frenzy of it all yeah the frenzy of everything to actually kind of reflect about how fragile our lives are right now and so mm. as, as we've mentioned we're both very privileged even to be sitting here right now um, and that's why I have to keep reminding myself when I get upset about the fact that school's been cancelled, but I can't go out and see my friends. It's, mm. it's that sort of thing that this is a proper crisis. Probably I'll never, we'll never experience anything like this for the rest of our lifetimes. I hope not anyway. Anything of this scale. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's kind of scary. And it... we've got to count ourselves lucky that hopefully we can carry on doing this podcast, um, mm. being healthy and well and safe. Yeah, I sorry, I like literally you put it so well. I think I'm just at a bit of a loss for words, really, because we all know, or most human beings, I would say, know 56 people. And this is in the UK alone. And I think it's when you hear things like that, I know uh, you're talking about this idea of getting bogged down statistics, but 
you can almost understand why people are behaving the way that they are. Because as much as we can stand here and say, we we know better than to stockpile and do this, that, and the other, it's understandable why they would be so afraid. Yeah. And it's also just like, yeah. I think, like, so on Thursday it would have been, we were all talking um, just, a, like, about, or, yeah, it th- yeah, Thursday, a group of us were just sat there just talking about everything. We were saying, on the one hand, we want to try and keep cheerful, I guess, as, or at least as much as we can be, just because being afraid won't help, like, at all. No, it won't. But on the other hand, what, so one of the girls I was talking with, she was just she seemed almost angry, where she was like, this is a virus, we've had them before, we are the UK, this is once meant to be one of the most economically beneficial, but also, like, one of the most advanced countries in the world. Why is this hurting us so much? And it really just put it all into perspective for me, like, how little humanity can really do. I mean, there's a lot that we can do now, and I think people are starting to listen to the government a bit more, which is hopefully showing signs of improvement. But it's this idea that one misplaced investment, like if, so there's this talk that, Apparently, there's a TED talk apparently that Bill Gates gave in 2015 where he was telling people, if you're smart, you won't invest in nuclear weapons, you'll invest in vaccines. And it's all, and people are saying that he almost predicted this happening. He even went, in, not in the same TED talk apparently, but apparently in a separate interview, he even spoke about how the next world crisis will be a pandemic that stems from China. Like, and people are saying, if, if this is all the advice that was given to you, if you were told by one, the, literally the, one of the richest man on the planet, to invest in vaccinations and it's something that we know we all need that misplaced investment on behalf of the government like what look at the situation we're in now like it's it's but i don't i don't think you can really blame the government because yeah if i I was thinking about this the other day i am so shocked by this mainly because I really thought that the big crisis of my generation would be climate change and it may still be yeah i thought the thing that would affect my life the most would be something caused by climate change and I Mm. never never expected this and I think that is you know we can't really blame the government because I think we all thought you know um that it would be something caused by us that would Mm. eventually break us but sometimes and this is rare but sometimes it's something just out of our control completely and something that would have affected us if it happened 500 years ago yeah and it was still affecting us now at probably okay not the same scale as if it was 500 years ago because of advances in medicine and media and things like that but unlike something like climate change that we could have prevented there was really no way we could have planned or prevented this i don't think mm. yeah no i agree with you on that like I think it was if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. I think if history shows us anything, is that when it comes to illness, humanity doesn't do well with it. Um, but speaking of, there has been some criticism though of like government, I guess, involvement, because there was like a lot of again, this is coming from memes, but it's true. This is what's happened where in northern Italy and France they are on lockdown i'm pretty sure all of italy is almost on lockdown now which means if it's not a supermarket or a pharmacy it's closed and you're not allowed to leave unless you've got a permit saying that you're allowed to for work or you're out to get shopping or go to like a pharmacy otherwise you get fined and so it's like the world is putting all these things oh sorry what, uh, like the internet is putting all these things in perspective saying look at how seriously they're taking it in france and italy but in the england they're just telling us to wash our hands well, obviously that's changed now because there's talking about there's talk about London being on lockdown and obviously schools have been closed. But do you think maybe that should have happened sooner? That whole like school closure and like shutting down certain services. I don't know. I think I, um, I think the reason that it took so long for them to put the measures in place in the UK was that obviously they talked about it, but they had to kind of implement them slowly. So it it did. I feel mm-hmm. like if all the measures came at once people could just not handle it would be people panic would rebel there'd be panic um they probably yeah. be less inclined to follow them if they all came at once if they closed schools closed pubs bars restaurants stopped everyone from going outside all on the same day there's no way we could have, we could have handled it and i mean maybe yeah. the uk could have 
followed in Italy's footsteps and doing it sooner. But Italy, from what I've heard, is more at risk because it has a higher um, population of elderly yeah, people. Yeah, it's gotten... Yeah. So I, I understand why people are angry, but also I think... Well, I don't know. I think we'll only be able to see whether it had any real impact in the next few weeks. But I think it's just it's mm. such a difficult situation. I honestly sympathise. Me saying I sympathise with Boris Johnson means... I'm doing it seriously, yeah. okay, because I do not like the man. But I just, mm. I feel like they're doing their best to sort of try and reduce impact, but also reduce panic. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think there have been times throughout the week where I've been a bit frustrated, where I've like been saying, say, for example, I, um, God forbid, got, or like, I, yeah, I contracted the virus from you for example i don't want to like but you're the, no, no, i don't yeah. want to drag in like random names but from miranda the only way that would have happened is at school because pretty much it's like the only place i see you and obviously with the exception of your birthday recently so happy birthday miranda <laughs> um, thank you but but yeah the, like there are a lot of people like the majority of the school funnily enough which is about a thousand odd pupils um i only see at school and so if i were to get it from one of them the only place would have been at school and at the time, schools weren't closed. Yeah. And I think yeah. I found myself angry at one point in the week when we were in registration. Um, our form juice wasn't there, so we were in the sixth form centre. And we were all told to stop what we were doing, come to the front and watch a video showing us how to wash our hands. Really? Okay. I, I wasn't there. <laughs> Oh, no, it, it was, like, just our form, because our form teacher wasn't in, and oh. I think it was one other year oh. 13 form. And I was like, oh, wow, gee, thanks. And then they followed it up with a speech along the lines of something saying, we're not that worried about you guys getting it because we know you're young, so you'll be fine, which is problematic in itself because there are people in our year group or in our school who actually have underlying health conditions who wouldn't be fine if they got it, like, at all. There's, yeah. like, a serious risk. But anyway, outside of that, that was, like, the general sentiment of it. They're like, but we are worried about your relatives, so it's important that you do this, that, and the other. And it's like, if you're so worried about my relatives and people who are actually at risk, why is the school still open? When the only, like, it's like a mass breeding ground. And so at that point in the week, I was very, like, frustrated with what was happening because it was one of those situations where it's like, I don't like being told we care about you while having nothing done to prevent me from getting harmed in any way, if that makes sense. And I say me as like a not me the person, but like a person. Like as a young hum like as a young person, it's not nice to be told from someone who's older than you, someone who you're supposed to trust, that we're here to help you, but we're not actually gonna help you. I you mean, know what I mean? I mean I think again, I'm gonna take the defensive side and sort of reiterate what I was saying about the government. They did yeah, they did no, they did close so... the school and I think mm. they were probably thinking about closing the school weeks before they did. But purely just to take the pressure off kind of parents at home and uh, yeah. things like that, they left it until the last minute. And I'm sure if people didn't want to come in because they had underlying health issues, they knew the risk and the school yeah. would not punish them for not coming in. And I think they just had to allow time for teachers to prepare, to process and to kind of put the necessary mm. measures in place before. Because closing a school is a big thing and you can't just do it in a day. Um, yeah. So I think from my perspective, I don't think they were doing it. They, they waited so long to close the school because they thought, you know, we weren't at risk or anything. I think it was purely a logistic thing. Well, no, so I was going to say, like, I guess five, but actually, I wish I could say I was such a humble or retrospective human being that I could kind of, or, like, look back on my actions five seconds later, but it would have been, like, an hour later, realistically. I was thinking about what I said, and I realised, it. yeah, everything that you said, like, it's not just me not coming into school that the issue it's the fact that there are teachers whose jobs need to be considered they have preparation to take place before they can close the school there's the fact that the school probably did want to close they knew it wasn't a good idea to be open but they had to wait for government approval which had to happen which as you explained earlier was obviously staggered to like reduce panic then there's also taking the burden off of parents which i actually think i don't know if other school i think actually no other schools have done this but our school um one of the nicest things they said when the school's closing is for anyone whose parents work with the NHS or anyone who, for whatever reason, needs to be at school. So um, I think that message was targeted to kids who either, unfortunately, have a rough home life. I don't want to say abusive because I don't think it 
I don't want to put that out there, but um, for anyone who has a bit of a rough home life or who relies on school meals as a means of getting by or just wants a nice place to study, I think it was great of them to say that they would stay open for those people. That wasn't, and I think that's, that wasn't our school. That was a, actually part of the government's plan when they closed. Yeah, the no, so, yeah. But I think that's such a great sentiment to them to put out there because I know there are other areas that are being affected. So, for example, like the closure of certain services where people have kind of just been left in the dark. Like, for example, people have just lost their jobs entirely. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so for the school to say, we're not going to leave you guys, or schools, like, across the nation, to say, we're not going to leave you guys, like, out there stranded, is a really great thing to do, I'm going to say, in a time of crisis. So despite that moment of anger that I felt, of thinking this is so, like, irrational for them to be so illogical about this, actually later on when I reflected on it it was exactly as you said where you realize there it's bigger than me it's bigger than the people it could affect it's bigger than the virus itself it's the fact that people's lives are going to be changed and from that I wanted to say I think we all owe like a huge thanks to NHS workers or healthcare workers Definitely. just obviously worldwide but obviously within the UK because that's what I guess affects us the most mm -hmm. and also to all the parents who are struggling with young kids who are trying to help um, homeschool them mm -hmm. to anyone really who's just doing literally anything to help I think they're all just amazing yeah. for being so selfless. I know it's it's amazing to see I have so much appreciation and i'm just in awe mm. of the people like doctors nurses who are going to work when everyone else is at home and putting themselves, yeah, putting I think... themselves on the front line mm. i was also going to say there's a there's a tweet that went viral of a wife it's like it's like it really highlights our self for sale but she was basically saying i have i think it was about four kids one of them is a newborn baby who cries whenever they're not being held there are two young children who are too young to be educated, but they need looking after. There's another kid, I think they're about seven, so still very young, but they also need to be homeschooled. She was having to do all of that at once because her husband was having to sleep in the garage because he works on the ICU unit and he didn't want to risk of infecting their family. Wow. And it really puts into perspective how much of a strain this is having on so many people's lives because you have these doctors and nurses being incredibly selfless because they are giving up time with their family. They're isolating themselves entirely, yet still going into work every single day, trying to save lives. And then you also have their families who are having to get by without them and really having to cope and stay strong through it all. And it, it it's, and like, yeah, it's just so, it's bittersweet where it's amazing that these people are so strong, but it's sad that they have to be in the first place. I think just kind and, of talking about, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no no no! Carry on. Okay. Um, I was I was finished. Uh, yeah, I think like <laughs> times of crisis, we've seen how it brings out the worst in people, but it also brings out the best in people, and that is seeing news stories like that. They're really mm. uplifting, and I think we really need those to sort of keep our spirits going because this is going to be incredibly tough. And just mm. to know that there are people out there who are putting their whole lives into trying to make this better it's just yeah. incredible it, it's really incredible i think another thing that came out of it is our school actually i'm not sure if you you head over to ucgs twit or i think that's what their account's called every now and again mm -hmm. but they retweeted something from parents saying after one day of homeschooling my kid i think teachers should be paid a million pounds like <laughs> as an annual salary yeah. and we were also and it's like this idea that people are going to have so much more respect and admiration for teachers as well because they work so hard teaching is not an easy job because you have to and like if some people are struggling to educate one kid at home imagine doing it in a class of 30 who are all the same age and just come in from lunch break so their energy is all ramped up exactly. like teachers really go through it and they like I hope that they get the recognition they deserve more often. I think like they're amazing. Like, yeah, I'm grateful we have them. I wouldn't be able to do that job. I'll admit it. Like, I would cry. <laughs> like no, some of the things too. that kids say and do, like I would just be in tears every day. I'd be like, I'm not. I wouldn't be strong enough for it. So the fact that they keep doing it no matter what and they do it so selflessly, 
is something to be admired. Definitely. And um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go soon because I'm being called by my parents. But um, (laughs) I think that's a really positive way to end the podcast. Um, Mm. I'd just like to say, I think next week we should definitely, maybe at the beginning, just talk about how our week's been, maybe anything that's come up in the news. But after that, I think we should try and steer away from COVID-19 and just try and talk about some other things. We can have some more sort of just general debates about other things that, we're interested in yeah maybe we could get uh, some other people on um but i think it's that was difficult. such a hassle to yeah yeah i know it's quite <laughs> difficult software um this podcast was made using anchor by the way thank you anchor you're a pain but you also help connect me and sarah who are literally not able to see each other so we do appreciate that um, i miss you miranda I miss you too. it's been two days no one day literally one day well, actually one day. technically less than it, it feels oh wait like no forever. it's yeah just over 24 hours it's been <laughs> but i will see but, you well hear you well. Next, week. <laughs> next week same time i'll see you there yeah um then i guess i've been sarah i have been miranda and this has been the common podcast i'm so out of sync bye bye stay well okay everyone and you stay well stay safe all right shall we do i just Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Common Ground. Uh, A quick note, our introduction and ending music was created by Cade Fisher. Thank you very much, Cade.